So John chapter 4. Today's topic is Jesus Christ's continuing ministry. And we'll start in John chapter 4 along that road. John 4. As we all know that when Jesus Christ was here, from the time that he was here, when he was here, he had an earthly ministry. Um, and to the best of our best scholars' understanding, that earthly ministry lasted about a year. Uh, and uh, he had a certain task to perform when he was here. And in John chapter 4, verse 34, we read, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. That was his earthly responsibility for his earthly ministry, uh, was to finish the work that his father had set for him. In fact, from the age of 12, when he says, I must be about my father's business, he was doing the work that he was supposed to be doing. But his ministry didn't start till he was when he was about to be 30 years of age. We'll jump quickly to the end of that year in John 19. We're not going to be looking at his earthly ministry, but just to see, recognize that he had one, which we understand. So he said he needed to finish the work for his father. John 19, 28 says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, now we left a lot of details out from the time that he was about his father's business to this day, but there you go. All things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head, and gave up the ghost. So the thing that he had said that he was his will was to do, you know, his work was to do what his God had what his father had willed, and that was to finish his work. Here on the cross, he said, It's finished. It's done. He had completed the work that had been set for out for him to do in his earthly ministry. So that's just a quick, very brief look at his earthly ministry. <laughs> I've left out some details. Acts chapter 2. So, having done what his father had asked him to do, now something else was going to happen. In John, sorry, Acts chapter 2, verse 22, we read, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders, and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding up. And so when he had finished the work and he had died, God didn't leave him there, thank thankfully. But he raised him from the dead. And in verse 36 of the same chapter, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. That's what God did. 
he raised him from the dead and made Jesus Lord and Christ. That's what he did for him. Now, this is, um, we covered this topic in some detail about, I was just looking back at it, it was three years ago. Time goes fast. Um, so I wanted to do a bit of a review, and we're only going to look at a few of the aspects of his earthly ministry, oh, sorry, of his ongoing, continuing ministry. But there's a lot of material uh, in, in, in the scriptures about that ministry he carries on now. Uh, so um, maybe this will you know, give us a little bit of a appreciation for what he does, and this being thanksgiving, thankfulness for that God didn't leave him there. He raised him, and he gave him more work to do. And that's the work he continues to go do today. And we'll look at that. In, uh, sorry, Philippians chapter 2. It's a little bit more about what God did for him first. Philippians chapter 2. guys are well aware of these verses and it's fun to look at though and review acts 2 5 let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus who being in the form of god taught it not robbery to be equal with god or didn't think that quality with god was something to be grasped at but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross which we just read a little bit about Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. To God the Father. It brings God glory when people make Jesus their Lord their God make him their Lord it brings glory to God the Father in Ephesians chapter 1 see God exalted him because he had humbled himself Jesus Christ's ministry did not end with the crucifixion his earthly ministry yes but his ministry as a whole did not end all that happened was that he had completed the work God had given him and now there was a transition to his new responsibilities that he had. Um, chapter 1, verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That was the time at which he did that. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenlies, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. See, God gave him this position. That power that he wrought in Christ happened when he raised him from the dead. Did he have that power when he was here? No, he did not. Did he have authority? Certainly, we know that. I think I remember him calming a few storms and stopping the waves and healing people. But this power that he wrought in Christ, he did it when he raised him from the dead. Um, 
and this position and we just again there's much on this this is just a brief look at it but you know he's also called the cornerstone the glorified lord of all heir of all things higher than the heavens and it goes on and on there's all these uh, uh, exalted titles that are given to the lord jesus christ and I, uh, the way i like to say it he's no longer just a man when he was here he was a man yes but with his exaltation he is a spiritual being and he has a lot of responsibilities. We'll see that a lot of responsibilities um, in Mark chapter 16. Now we'll start looking a little bit again in a review. We did this in more detail a few years back, but Mark 16. And, you know, you learn other things too as time goes on. Mark chapter 16. Okay, we are in verse 14. Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go, into, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. That these signs shall follow them that believe, and my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, or if they shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven, and sat on the right hand of God. And, after that had happened, when and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them so this is this is he's carrying this on after he was raised from the dead after he had been seated at the right hand of god after god had wrought that power in him this is part of his responsibility it says here working with them and confirming the word with signs following jesus christ's continuing ministry his continuing responsibilities that he has in first timothy chapter 2 First Timothy. We've read this verse a few times in the last few weeks. We'll read it again. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So, he was the mediator. Is he still the mediator? Yeah. It's an ongoing ministry. It's a continuing ministry. Is it even possible to get to God, so to speak, without coming to Jesus Christ? That's, no, of course, no other name, right? Given under heaven. So he's still, that's a continuing part of his ongoing ministry. Is that he's the mediator between God and Acts chapter 2. There's much on this in the New Testament. So... Acts chapter 2, verse 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had 
sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, which we've just read about briefly, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He, Jesus Christ, hath shed forth this which you now see and hear. Now, did He have that responsibility when He was here? He couldn't have, because the new birth spirit was not available. In fact, He said, I need to go. If I don't go, that's not going to be available. So then it was available. Guess who's got the responsibility? Jesus Christ. Been given to him. In Ephesians chapter 1. Rather aligns itself well with the responsibility of being a mediator, doesn't it? Ephesians chapter 1. took us more than five fellowships last time we did this to cover these topics, so I assure you this is a lot more. Ephesians 1, we just finished reading verse 21. Let's finish reading that section now. And hath put, verse 22, all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, that filleth all in all. He is the head. That's a new responsibility, wasn't it? When he was here, that wasn't the responsibility he had. Why? Because there was no body of Christ at the time. But now that there is one, you know, God looks around saying, who's available? Oh, look. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And he's been made the head of the body. Um, in chapter 4 of this, in Ephesians, Verse 14, that, hence, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. According to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. It says, from whom? The head, which is Christ. Now, does, does our um, head, physical head, direct our physical body? Most of the time. <laughs> Sometimes our physical body does things it shouldn't do, but that's another story. So the intelligence, the direction comes from the head in the physical body. The spiritual body, who's the head? Jesus Christ. Direction flows from God through the head to the members. Jesus Christ is responsible for directing the members. That's his responsibility. That's the responsibility he's been given. It's not a responsibility he had when he was here. In fact, you know, they didn't always do everything that he wanted them to do, did they? Same today. Freedom of will still applies. But the spiritual direction comes from the head. That's what it says here, isn't it? from whom the whole body fitly joined together comes from the head. So as the head, does he need to have access to all the members? 
yeah, of course, those. That's these are all simple truths, I think. But that's a responsibility he has. It's a pretty overwhelming responsibility, wouldn't you say? Where does he get his directions from? God. The same he did when he was here, the same he does now. God is head um, of Christ. It says that in Corinthians, the head of Christ is God. Um, Ephesians 5, verse 23. Now, I don't know how he carries out all these responsibilities, but I'm glad he does. Ephesians 5.23 For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Verse 24 Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. So we are subject to Christ. He's our head. Christ. He, we are subject to him. Verse 29 For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it even as a Lord, the church. There's another amazing and wonderfully responsibility he has to nourish and cherish the church. That's what he's, that's one of his responsibilities. I'm glad he has that. I like being nourished, cherished. That's his job. That's what he does. In um, Hebrews chapter 5, we can't forget this one. Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 1. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God. Talking about the job of a priest. That he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on the, them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with, inf with infirmity? And by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for, ought for himself to offer for sins. This responsibility used to fall with the priesthood, the earthly priesthood. That was the responsibility the earthly priests had. Acts, sorry, Hebrews chapter 2. Well, it, has, it is no longer their responsibility. It has now been given over to somebody else who is much more capable. Hebrews 2.14, For as much as then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, talking about Jesus Christ, also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage, for verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham, a man. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. That responsibility now falls to Jesus Christ. It's no longer with the earthly priesthood. He's got that job. Verse 4, 18, For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. Is that, was that, is that a one-time thing? This, you know, this ability of the Lord to be able to succor and help those who are tempted. Does that just happen once? That, did that happen once? It's done? No. It's, it's, it's a continuing, ongoing ministry. It's something that he has to do. Something that he's responsible to do. And something that I'm sure he does 
just wonderfully. That's his job. It's nice to know it's his job. Glad it's not my job. That wouldn't work too well. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. So if he's going to assist us and help us and not to be tempted, then he must have access. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 16. For men swear, very swear by the greater, and an oath for the confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever, forever after the order of Melchizedek. It's an ongoing ministry. It's a continuing ministry. He's been made that forever. That's his job. It's not. A, it just didn't just have a one-time impact. When Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the one who made the way into the holiest possible by what he did for us, and that continues to be an ongoing ministry. And, and uh, he, he completed it, but we certainly have been given access. Hebrews nine. While we're here, verse 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are figures of the true. The the priests served in those places which were figures of the true. But into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. That sounds like that would be a whole lot more effective than those who entered into the figures of the true, which were the earthly temple, the earthly holiest of all. He went to the holiest of all, God himself. Much more powerful and ongoing ministry. In Hebrews chapter 4, again, this is a pretty important one. I guess they're all important, but there's a lot said about this one. Hebrews 4, 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into, or that should be literally through the heavens, through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, should be, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So this is something that is, is this always available for us? Yeah, it's always. This is something that is always available. And he understands the things. He went through it himself. He understands those things. And here it says that if we need, you know, if we need a little bit of mercy or we need some grace in our lives, we can go to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's responsible. That's that's what he's doing. 
Now I will caveat that and say that there's nowhere does it say to us that we pray to Jesus Christ. There's not a scripture that you can find that says that. But when we pray to God, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, that recognizing that everything we have has been made available to us through Him. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, but He's been given the authority, and you know we'll see that in a minute, second here, a couple more verses. But uh, this is ongoing in Matthew twenty-eight. Matthew twenty-eight. near the end when he was speaking to them he said this in verse 18 of Matthew 28 and Jesus came and spake unto them saying all power is given unto me in heaven and earth did he have that power when he was here no, he did not. In fact, in fact, E. W. Bullinger translates this um, the word "given" as "just has just or has lately been given." And when was that? We just read it in Ephesians when God raised him from the dead. He wrought that power. So all power. So you know, if you were working for somebody on an earthly level and you know that they were, you know, a mayor of Elmont or something, it might be interesting to say well he's got a bit of power i can you know i want to get a new you know pole with a lamp post at the end of my drive maybe you know mayor joe can do something for me well isn't it nice to serve a lord who has access to all power in heaven and earth all, all of it there's only one greater than him god which is you know part and parcel by many think that he is god but there's only one greater than him, and that is God. And God has said, listen, I'm going to give you all power in heaven and earth. That's pretty incredible. That's a pretty impressive amount of power. What does all power in heaven and earth leave out? Nothing except for God himself. So it's nice to know that our Lord has that ability. So his ministry can be very effective because he has access to the authority required to carry it out. He has that access. God gave it to him. Um, in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. This is where it's all headed. So we should look at that briefly. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 9. When Paul is talking about the mystery... Verse 9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, something that God wanted to do, and he made it known that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, the future time, he, God, might gather together in one all things in Christ. That's, what he's, that's where it is going, all the consummation of everything under Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. This is where all the responsibilities he currently has is headed. That everything will consummate under Jesus Christ. That's what God didn't want anybody to know about. Um, and so it's interesting that he has he had responsibilities on earth. 
he's got responsibilities now and it's and it's going towards the administration of the fullness of times in the future when all things will be under him consummate under him so that's just a brief review of his ongoing ministry we didn't consider that he's a shepherd you know the heir of all things um, the judge of the living and the dead the giving of giver of rewards responsible to execute God's wrath the beginning of God's creation new authority structure and the heavenly realm under him the reigning in the new age and light of the new Jerusalem and on and on and on and on it goes because he has a lot of them a lot of responsibilities and we'll close in, in Romans chapter 8 which I thought is a really wonderful summary of some of these things in Romans chapter 8 so on this thanksgiving we can be thankful for the wonderful Lord and Savior that we have um, and be grateful that all God has done in Him for us to bless us and here in Romans chapter 8 verse 31 what shall we then say to these things oh thank you if God be for us who can be against us you know he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things you know God God is never going to be if God is with us no one ever can be against us it's a simple statement but it's a wonderful powerful statement um, he that spared not his own son he did you know but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect can anybody accuse you can anybody hold something against you well they certainly might try and many do to their own shame and despair because according to the scriptures no one can no one can say something to you no one can accuse you of anything because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for you no one um, verse 33 God that justifies no he wouldn't do it he's the one who justified us that would be kind of silly Who's that, who, who is he that condemneth? Verse 34. Christ that died, why would he condemn? He died for you. Yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God. We read a lot about that. Who also makes intercession for us. Was that a one-time thing? Make it. He's, it's an ongoing ministry. He's doing that now. That's what he does. That's what God has given him the authority for the body of Christ to do. Make intercession. So if somebody making intercession for you is never going to condemn you, or hold anything against you. What kind of intercession do you think that is? You know, it's the best intercession. Because certainly the one he's interceding on for us on our behalf is also not going to hold anything against us. This all just sounds really good, doesn't it? Yeah. No reason to wait for that verdict. We know what it is. Righteous. Um, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Tribulation, any kind of pressures in your life when you're, you know, when you're pressured this way and that way, is that ever going to separate us from everything that God has done for us in Christ Jesus? Distress, um, persecution, famine, famine. Famine is not just, gee, I missed lunch. It means I missed a lot of lunches. A lot of suppers, a lot of breakfasts, and I'm about to die even. That's what famine is, isn't it? Famine is bad. It's not just some word that God threw in there. 
it's really bad it's just kind of to illustrate the the dire situation that you might find yourself in and yet even there like it says in the psalm shall thy right hand hold thee even there you will not be outside of the love of god which is in christ it's just not possible so you might think i'm really having a bad day well talk to somebody who's in the famine and see how much of a bad day or days or months even that they've had and here um nakedness you know being destitute homeless or whatever it means or peril or sword physical danger to your lives we pray today for various situations that are happening in the world where believers people who love god who are as loved off by god as much as anybody are having are in perilous situations that's 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 the fact that's a fact that's just that's the way it is and yet even in those situations as much as we might be you know feel like well what can i do and you know we, we obviously we prayed the best thing we know to do but who's 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 there who knows about these situations who intercedes on the behalf of every believer in the world that's why he's not just the physical man it's a spiritual being you can't do that as a physical man He's got a. He's been exalted. He is seated at the right hand of God. All power in heaven and earth given to him, and he has the ability to do that. Um, I'm just thankful he does, because there's so many situations we just can never be a part of, um, except through prayer, which is wonderful. Okay, verse 36. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, as many think. No, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. No, 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 no. And all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us through what, what Jesus Christ has done for us. For I am persuaded, and that's a wonderful place to be, that neither death nor life, because he conquered death, and he's the author of life. He's the one. Eternal life comes through him. Nor angels, by the way, who he happens to now be in charge of. Nor principalities, nor powers, by the way, things which he is well above. That's his ministry. He's above all those things, isn't he? nor things present because it's ongoing nor things to come because this is going to a place where he's going to be everything constantly under him see he, God has everything covered every area of covered for the believer nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our wonderful Lord so what a wonderful Lord that we have after having completed the work that God had given him to do on earth and having declared it is finished, far from being idle, he moved immediately into the next phase of his responsibilities. He was seated at God's right hand, the hand of authority. All power in heaven and earth was given to him, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. How thankful we should be for his continuing and ongoing ministry as our Lord, in whom the love of God finds its fulfillment. <clears throat>